Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serialholic Sisters. True crime shit. Hi, girl, hi. Hey, hey, hey. Do you hear any like loud breathing? It's because the dog is literally like right practically on top of me. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm back in my, my she shed, so there will be no loud, annoying beep from a fire alarm anymore. So that's cool. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. So I ate a kid's meal at McDonald's today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> his, his mom got really mad. Why? <laughs> that was my dad joke I don't get it I said his mom got really mad I ate a kid's meal I, I ate a kid's meal oh god <laughs> <laughs> sweet baby Jesus oh my god I'm sorry <laughs> I was not I was not getting it I was like what the fuck why did they get mad you ate a kid's meal it was probably cheaper <laughs> right it's supposed to start thunderstorming here anytime it, now so. it did today in fact we even got hail that's so weird mm-hmm. I was like oh my god my my vegetables because <laughs> my vegetables look amazing this year my broccoli is thriving <laughs> my god <laughs> there will be prize winning vegetables I'll have prize winning broccoli I'm just so excited over it Anyways, that's about the only news that I have because I'm like a little old 80 year old granny <laughs> planting vegetables and getting excited over it. That's funny. It's your week. It is my week. So it's my turn. That's what that means. Okay. This week I've decided to switch it up a little and tell you a love story. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. This is but not that not. kind of podcast. <laughs> Obviously, that's a lie. This is a true crime podcast. So. <laughs> I'm a lying liar. But if you were to ask Carl Tanzler what kind of story this is, he would 100% say it's a one of a kind love story for the ages. Oh my God. So it's definitely a one of a kind story, but it's it's not, it's not a love <laughs> story. That's not how we're going to categorize that. So, okay. Okay. So let's get into it. Okay. So Carl Tanzler was born February 8, 1877 in Dresden, Germany. As a young man, he traveled to India and then to Australia with the intention of proceeding to the South Seas, South Seas Islands. That's a hard word to say. South Seas Islands. I can't say it. I can't. <laughs> he stopped in Australia to become familiar with the weather and like the sea conditions in the area and to get suitable boats and equipment for the rest of his journey. But while he was there, he became super interested in like engineering and electrical work. And yeah, he ended up like buying property there along with boats and an organ because why not? Oh, <laughs> like, like the, in the instrument, like an organ, <laughs> like Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> what kind of organ? <laughs> yeah. Like a kidney or like black market kidney. I don't I mean, know. You just like played that off really well. <laughs> so I was like, you're going to have to explain what kind of organ because we have a true crime podcast. <laughs> Uh, so he ended up staying in this pit stop on his trip for 10 years. He stayed there. That's not a pit stop. No, not really. It's a whole ass fucking home. <laughs> it's a whole ass stop. It's an entire stop. <laughs> Bro, you can call that home. <laughs> he became, he had become so interested in engineering that he was like building all kinds of things there. In fact, he had just started building a transocean flyer when World War I broke out. Oh. So he was captured by the British military and placed into a concentration camp for safekeeping, along with many others who were like prisoners of the war. They like kept him prisoner. And they're like, oh, he's this is like a really good engineer. We could like use him to help us build shit to win the war. So he was later moved to Trial Bay and was sent to a castle-like prison on the cliffs where he used his engineering engineering skills to keep <laughs> his captors happy. He used his engineering. He used his engineering skills. <laughs> he also used them to secretly build a sailboat with plans of escaping. Oh, so he, he likes smart. <laughs> he likes smart, smart. <laughs> but he didn't get to use his secret sailboat because the war like ended up ending. So he like, he didn't have to. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tansler was eventually reunited with his mother and he lived with her for the next three years. In 1920, he married Doris Schaefer, and the two had two daughters, Aisha, who was born in 1922, and Clarista, not long after, in 1924. Eventually, his mom was like, why don't you, like, follow in your sister's footsteps and move to the United States? She was like, your sister, she, like, always raves about how much better it is there. Like, it could be a great opportunity for you and your family. So he was like, cool. And in 1926, Tansler set sail to Havana, Cuba. And then eventually immigrated to Zephyr Hills, Florida. He was later joined by his family, but he was like, so I kind of like flying solo. So I'm a dip. <laughs> and in 1927, he just straight up left his family behind and moved to Cuba. So he was like, I'm going to go get a carton of cigarettes and a gallon of milk. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, he's just gone. So that's cool. So he moved to Key West, Florida. There he got a job as a radiology tech at the U.S. Marine Hospital and he started going by the name Count Carl von Kossel. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> he chose this name because he claimed to be related to Countess Anna Constantinia von Kossel, who was a German noblewoman and the mistress of Augustus the Strong, the King of Poland. So he's like, this is my distant this was this was my relative so i'm going by count my great 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 right <laughs> right so so that same means that he should be able to start going by count von kossel <laughs> his wife doris and other extended family members said that he had no type of royal lineage whatsoever and that he's like just created this fancy title for himself they're like no he's not even related to her he also created himself medical degrees and licenses and medals so that's cool just like how did he do that he just forged some documents saying that he had all these medical degrees so that's cool in 1930 by the time he was 53 he had become like this really eccentric character he would like walk around with a cane and like show off all these expensive watches that he claimed were given to him by the czar of russia 
but in reality he just had a ton of money between like working as a radiology tech and getting pension from the military for when he was like in the world war oh okay he was captured yeah so this would be the year that he met his one true love the woman that he had been waiting for since he was about 12 years old when the ghost through your head (laughs) well it's because the ghost of countess anna constantinia von castle (laughs) came to him (laughs) can you just like abbreviate that (laughs) it's so long (laughs) maria 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 fernandez came to him (laughs) okay when the ghost of his his related countess von castle (laughs) came to him and revealed to him the face of his one true love so this ghost just pops up when he's 12 and it's like this is the person that you're going to marry and it was a exotic looking dark-haired woman that he saw so on april 22nd 1930 21 year old cuban-american maria elena milagro de hoyos (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna shorten that though like i've already got it shortened (laughs) why do all these people have 12 names She was brought to the Marine Hospital in Key West by her mother. So we're going to talk a little bit about her background, okay? Okay. Elena Hoyos was born July 31st, 1909 in Key West, Florida. She was the middle child to Francisco Hoyos and Aurora Milagro. So that's why she's got all those names. Mom and dad's last name are both in there. All accounts show that Elena led the normal life of a teenager in the 1920s. She was a devout Catholic who enjoyed Rudolph Valentino movies and cooking for her family and friends I feel like you're reading like a tinder I know (laughs) and she enjoyed dancing at the local social club La Pisa and nice nice walks on the beach (laughs) in the moonlight she was said to be to have been like extremely beautiful and shy and she was an amazing singer she was so talented that tourists that like walked by and heard her singing would ask her for like pictures with her in the street oh yeah at the age of 16, Elena married Louis Mesa, and the couple were soon expecting their first child. Now, unfortunately, this would be the beginning of many, many tragedies for Elena. Mm-hmm. She ended up having a miscarriage and gradually began to fall ill with like a slight cough. And her family all assumed that she, this illness was due to like sadness and the emotional trauma of like mm-hmm. losing the child. But over time, the cough only worsened. And as her illness worsened, her husband, much like Tansler did with his family, decided to dip and left for Miami. So she's like got all this terrible shit going on, a miscarriage, her husband just like up and leaves. And she can't get rid of this damn nagging cough. Now, meanwhile, her family is becoming more and more worried about her. And with good reason, because it was during this time that consumption was a major problem. Mm. So that's what they called it back in the day, consumption. But nowadays we call it tuberculosis. Right. So at the time, um, tuberculosis was one of the most prominent causes of death. And there was no known treatment for it at the time at all. Like, so if you were diagnosed with it, you were basically given a death sentence. So when her cough wasn't improving, her mother brought her to the Marine Hospital where she was x-rayed by Carl Tanzler. Now, Tanzler immediately recognized her. Medical. (laughs) Yes. And he immediately recognized her as the woman his ghost ancestor had showed him when he was a young child. He was like, this is, this is it. My one true love. 
So once she was diagnosed with tuberculosis, Tansler took it upon himself to do whatever he could to quote unquote cure her and offered his services to her and her family free of charge. Now, Elena's family was by no means a wealthy family, and also they couldn't stand the thought of losing Elena. So initially they were like all over this offer. They're like, yeah, that's amazing. Please help us, you know. Thank you, kind stranger. Right. <laughs> so with his self-proclaimed medical knowledge, Chancellor attempted to treat and cure her with a variety of different medicines, concoctions, and even tonics that he made like out of gold. Yeah. He mixed all kinds of stuff and tried to go, you fucking her up now. <laughs> <laughs> he would use electrical equipment to shock Elena by connecting electrodes to her body via transformers and then would like give her medicinal wines yeah now throughout this entire time Tanzler did not hesitate to tell Elena how he felt about her he like showered her with gifts and like proposed to her several times Elena didn't hear dying right tortured <laughs> exactly and Elena did not reciprocate these feelings at all. She repeatedly told him that he was far too old for her and that she considered him more of like a grandfather type oh, figure. <laughs> because remember, he was 53 and she was 21. Right. So she was also like, also, I'm a married woman because technically she was still married. Her husband had just like left her. Meanwhile, Tansler was also still married. He had just left his family. Eventually, her family began to grow less and less confident in Tansler's methods and started to realize that Elena was not only suffering from the terrible disease that she had, but also from the quote-unquote treatment she was receiving. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twice during her illness, Tansler resuscitated her via electric shock. She was like coding and he like brought her back. And she was in so much pain that she begged to be allowed to stay dead. Oh my God. It's awful. Yeah. He's like literally just torturing her at this point. Eventually, her family decided it was best for her that Tansler would not be notified if she were to code again, so she could, like, finally be at peace and not be in pain anymore, and so she did. Elena died on October 25th, 1931, at the age of 22, and Tansler was reportedly furious that he was not informed sooner that she was so close to death, because he felt like, that if he had known the state that she was in at the time, he could have come to her aid, and, like, she would have survived, so that should be it, right? No, he just tragic. had another victim. This tragic love story has come to an end. The woman of no, his dreams he, is dead. It looks just as just like her, right? And that's not right. No. And there's more to it. So Tansler's obsession with Elena was far from over. Oh my God. No, she's dead. And he's going to keep going. Yeah. He paid for her funeral. And then after seeing the cemetery where she was supposed to be buried, he decided that a traditional grave would not do for her. If she were to be buried underground, eventually water would get into her coffin and like speed up the decomposition process. And that was unacceptable because she needed to stay beautiful like forever. So he convinced her family to let him construct an above ground concrete mausoleum for her. He had her body placed in a metal airtight casket containing an incubator tank that, filled, that was filled with formaldehyde to like further stop any decay from occurring. Here she would be protected from the elements and he could come and visit her whenever he wanted, because since he was paying for it all, he was so the he owner was, of the only key to the place. Like, So he, he was, was basically mummifying her in his own way? Basically, yes. And he... And his parents, and her parents just like gave up and said, yeah, that's fine. Oh, hell no. Well, you know, they weren't kind of not really, they weren't, like I said, they weren't like, didn't have a lot of money. And he's like, I'll pay for her, her funeral. I'm going to pay for this mausoleum for her. But it's got to be 
but it's going to be like, I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he had the only key to it. Like they couldn't even get in there. Like that's fucked up, man. I would have killed him. (laughs) I didn't do right. (laughs) So interestingly, once the mausoleum was complete, Elena's married name, Mesa, was not engraved on the tombstone. Hmm. Instead, on the bottom of the corner, ct.d.costle was engraved. Now, ct.d no, is not. No, he did not. <laughs> yes. ct.d is not an actual title, but Tanzer like created this title for Elena. So it would stand for Countess Damsel Costle. And Fun fact, today this engraving is at the Fort Martello Museum in Key West, if anybody wants to see it. So he would visit Elena every night for two years straight. He constantly brought her gifts, and he even had a telephone installed so that he could call and talk to her when he wasn't there. But he eventually looking back. <laughs> okay, okay. He eventually left his job at the hospital and began spending more and more time at the mausoleum. And residents of the area grew used to seeing him visit her every day. Like they were used to him coming every day, bringing gifts, singing Spanish songs to her. Like this is just what they got used to. (laughs) He reportedly said that Elena's spirit would often come to him and talk to him. And then all of a sudden, one day he just stopped showing up. Like he just didn't come back. It was later learned that during this time when he was like going there, like all the time, he kept a journal. And in the journal, he wrote things like, I'm so happy I'm back with you, my darling. And very soon the hour approaches when I will take you home with me. And that's just what he did. I was about to say, no, he did not. He did. (laughs) He did. No, he did not. (laughs) That's why he stopped showing up. That's motherfucking disgusting. (laughs) Yes. Yes. One evening. Awful for her and her family. Yes. That is awful. I'm oh, sorry, it, but if that was me, I would be haunting your ass. You would be I so would haunted be all the time. Haunting your ass. <laughs> like, I would make it to where you died of fear. <laughs> You're like, yes, my spirit would come to you to haunt your ass. <laughs> <laughs> haunt your ass. You would not live in peace. <laughs> no, no, you would not. No, it is awful. Like, it's real awful for her and her family. And it gets worse. So, one evening in April of 1933, two years after Elena's death, Tansler went to the mausoleum, as he often did, but this time he didn't leave alone. He placed Elena's body in a toy wagon and pulled her back to his home. And nobody saw this? Nobody saw this. Nobody saw this? Nope. Him just taking a dead body? And a radio flyer, just like pulling her down the road. In a yeah. kid wagon? Yeah, nobody saw it. Now, as expected with time, her body was decomposing. Tansler was determined to put a stop to that. He was actually determined to eventually figure out a way to bring her back to life. So, but, okay, Frankenstein. Okay, yes. Actually, it was Frankenstein. Was Oh, yeah, you're right. He was the doctor. He was the doctor. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, actually, oh, no. <laughs> I'm right. Yeah, you are. You are. Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> So he transported her to a makeshift laboratory that he had made out of an old wingless airplane. And he did every DIY trick that he could think of to preserve her body. He looked on Pinterest. He looked all (laughs) over Pinterest. And so he came up with some weird shit. He tied piano wires to her bones to help stabilize her skeletal frame and like keep everything in place. 
he placed glass eyes into her eye sockets. As her skin deteriorated, he replaced it with cloth soaked in plaster of Paris and wax. So basically like paper mache skin for her. And in order to allow her body to keep its shape, he stuffed her abdominal and chest cavity like with rags. As her hair fell out over time, he used it to fashion a wig for her. So he made a wig out of her own hair that had fallen out for her. He dressed her in expensive dresses, stockings, gloves, and jewelry. He would use coat hangers to help like prop her up, to like sit her up so she could like, you know, interact with him. He would bring her gifts like perfume and flowers as if they were in a relationship. Like he was acting like they were a couple living together in a relationship. I'm just sitting here taking it in. <laughs> um, he would then use the large amounts of the perfumes that he bought her along with disinfectants and preserving agents to mask the odor and try to prevent further decomposition. Remember by the time he had brought her to his lab and started doing all this, she had already been dead for two years. So he placed her body on his bed, which he then shared with her corpse for the next seven years. That's right. For seven, seven, for seven years, he lived with Elena's corpse. The entire time acting like they were in a loving, like consensual relationship. Like he slept every night with her in his bed for seven years. Meanwhile, Angela's family is like going through some shit. Remember, he still has a wife and two kids that he just left. So his youngest daughter, Clarissa, ended up dying of diphtheria in 1933 while all this is going on. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're dealing with like this terrible tragedy while he is off living his best life, sleeping with a dead ass body every night. Now, Tanzler's neighbors started to notice a ton of odd behavior from this dude, which like he was weird anyways, but okay. He would play the organ at all hours of the night. Again, Phantom of the Opera style. <laughs> it makes me want to like start breaking out into song. Is <laughs> there? inside <laughs> oh it's happening okay. <laughs> several days a week he would leave and come home with large boxes filled with perfume perf perfumes with large boxes filled with perfumes and preservatives that's so disgusting <laughs> he was seen in town often buying women's clothes why didn't anybody call him out <laughs> right they're all just kind of like this guy's a little off but like that's it nobody was mm. like looked into it so rumors were already spreading all around about him when a local boy told someone in town that he had been walking by Tansler's house and noticed Tansler through his window dancing around with what appeared to be a giant doll. No, Brad, that's not a doll. It was not a doll. So these rumors made their way back to the Hoyos family, who had already been suspicious of Tansler after he suddenly just stopped coming to visit her Elena's mausoleum. I mean, I would have been suspicious when you wouldn't let me in. Okay right like not then I would have been like bruh that is my child give me the key right I think they were finally they were probably relieved that he finally stopped coming they're like okay maybe he, this weird ass guy is done with his obsession yeah, but with her. Like, he still has but, the key you like can you give us the key right yeah so in 1940 Elena's older sister Florinda finally had it she was like this dude just came into our lives pretended he could cure my sister like when she was on her deathbed and instead just ended up torturing her and delaying her painful death the entire time trying to get her to marry him, even though she was like, ill. And then he locks her body up in this mausoleum 
that only he has the key to, so we couldn't even go visit her if we wanted to. And then he suddenly stops coming around and apparently has made a life-size doll of my sister to play out his gross-ass fantasies with. She's like, no, that's it. I'm going to go confront him. I'm going to tell him to forget about us and my sister, leave us alone and like give us the key so we can go visit her. So she goes to his house and confronts him. She's like, goes off. She's like, this is ridiculous. It's been nine years since her death. We haven't been able to see her. Like, go get me the key and take me to her mausoleum like right now. And Tanzler was like, that won't be necessary. We don't have to go all the way out there to see her. Just follow me. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no. Um, no, sir. Let me call 911 first. <laughs> <laughs> right. I am not following you anywhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you don't mind, let me let me just take a minute to breathe before I go see her. Thank you. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> right. Can we get down here right now? <laughs> right now, right now. Absolutely not, sir. So he leads her to his bedroom where Elena's body is laying on his bed and Florinda could not believe what she was seeing. There was no way this giant doll could be her sister. Like it looked, it did not look human. So she immediately called police and Tanzer mm-hmm. was arrested and she demanded an autopsy report to confirm whether or not this was Elena. And the autopsy revealed that this was 100% Elena Hoyos. Now, as if all of this wasn't disturbing enough, the autopsy also revealed that Tansler had inserted a paper tube between her legs, forming a makeshift vagina. So do with that what you will. Um, no. Yeah. I, no. No, absolutely not. All I'm going to say is that I think that would be a place that you wouldn't want to get a paper cut, but you, you do you, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Tansler was charged with wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. The preliminary hearing drew a ton of interest from the media at the time and created a nationwide sensation among the public. Everyone was talking about this case. He actually ended up getting a lot of sympathy and was viewed as just like an eccentric romantic. Like he was just in love uh-huh. with this woman, right? Exactly. If you that now, that I- romance, then you're fucked in the head, bruh. Okay. So he was examined by psychiatrists and was found mentally competent to stand trial. Well, which, yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean he's mental, but he's, I mean, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He's, he knew what he was doing. Okay. You know what this makes me think of? Hmm. Have you seen the new Netflix documentary called Our Father? No. Oh, my God. Well, he, I mean, it's not anything like this story, but okay. it's just a creepy old man that um, he was a doctor and he was supposed to um, women that were getting surrogates or like having trouble getting pregnant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was the one that like did the insemination thing for them, except okay. it was supposed to be the mother's egg and the father's sperm and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but instead it was his sperm. Oh my God. So he has like 70 kids out there. What the fuck? Mm. That, that's not okay. What is it called? Our father. Our, mm-mm. Yeah, Absolutely you don't not. have to watch it. It's disturbing. Sounds like but it, yeah. It's this really creepy old man. Fucking creepy old Anyways, man. Continue. Anyways, so he's competent to stand trial, even though he's like telling everyone his big plan to bring Hoyos back to life through intergalactic means. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He had he had big plans for her. He was going to launch her high into the stratosphere 
so that radiation from outer space could penetrate Elena's tissues and restore her life. What tissues? You, you made them paper mache. <laughs> right, right. So he had been using his engineering skills to build an airship to ship her into space. Like there's pictures of it. It's fucking mm -hmm. weird as shit. So yeah, I don't know how that's mentally competent, but okay, whatever. He, he, so he was found guilty, right? <laughs> well, no, either way, whether he was mentally competent or not to stand trial, it didn't matter because the statute of limitations for this crime had actually already expired. So he was just released. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you frozen? <laughs> no, I saw you blink. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, she's frozen. <laughs> what? Yeah, just released because it had been too long. When the judge dismissed the case, he told him, you know, you're free to go. He asked the judge if he could have Elena back. Yeah, I like to think that the judge audibly linked at him and then told him to get the fuck out. But <laughs> I, I don't know exactly I what he said. I would have just been like, excuse me bailiff please take him away <laughs> right. we have got to be able to charge him with something guys come on i don't know what the judge said all i know is that the judge denied his request to have elena's body returned to him so mm -hmm. so what happened to elena's body after she was discovered at tansler's house is actually very sad her body was examined by physicians and pathologists for a while and then instead of being put to rest her body was put on public display at the dean lopez funeral home where it was viewed by nearly 7,000 people. Why would people do that? Exactly. Honestly, I, at that point, it wouldn't be later. I would have requested that she was cremated. Right? So as if she hadn't been through enough between her life and death, now she was basically a tourist attraction. Oh my God, I hate people. <laughs> yeah. Journalists would come from all over the world to like report on the most unbelievable that story. Awful, awful thing. Teachers would bring their students on field trips to view her body. It's actually really sickening. Eventually, once public interest in this case died down, Elena's body was returned to the Key West Cemetery, where she was finally laid to rest in an unmarked grave in a secret location to prevent anyone from tampering with her grave. I would have cremated her. Right. So after Tanzler was released, he moved to Pasco County, Florida, near Zephyr Hills, where his wife, Doris and daughter were still living. Now, Doris is a much bigger woman than me because apparently she like helped support Tansler in his later years. And I would have absolutely been like, you can fuck off, sir. No. <laughs> like, After you just up and left me to go get your gallon of milk and cigarettes? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. He wrote an autobiography that appeared in the publication Fantastic Adventures in 1947 that was entitled The Secret of Elena's Tomb, The Confessions of Carl von Kossel. Now, I actually found this book on Kindle. So if it's there, if anybody wants to read, like it's his autobiography that he wrote. So in the, like the preface to the book, he claimed that Elena's spirit visited him in jail when he was arrested and told him that one day they would be together again and that he should write this autobiography. Oh, bite me. Right, right. <laughs> bite me. No, I probably would have visited him in jail too if I was her spirit and told him I can't wait to haunt the fuck out of you <laughs> when you get out. <laughs> His obsession with Elena never stopped and he made a life-size model of her using a death mask that he had made of her face like right after her death. Yeah. He lived with it until his death on July 3rd, 1952 when he was 75 years old. Ugh. Some reports said that he was found dead in his home in the arms of this model 
three weeks after his death, but his obituary says that he was found behind one of his many organs in his home, and there was no mention of the model. Now, there are a couple of rumors about this case that are out there, and I just wanted to run through them real quick. One of these was that the model with the death mask was actually Elena, and Tansler had, like, found her unmarked grave and stolen her body again. Mm-hmm. This one is, like, I think it's just a rumor because there was no mention anywhere of any human remains being found in his home at the time of his death. So I don't think that happened. I think that's just a rumor. Another one was that she never even had tuberculosis, just like a really bad cough that would eventually have resolved and that Tansler knew this. But after Elena repeatedly turned down his marriage proposals, Tansler decided to slowly poison her to death with his elixirs that he had given her so that he could be with her forever, whether she wanted to or not. I could see that. Yeah. An article written in 1982 was found that talks about how a worker was renovating a house and found basically like a confession letter hidden in a wall that appears to have been written by Tansler confessing to killing Elena by poisoning her. So the letter supposedly said, quote, she died because I gave this to her mercifully. I mixed the root of wolfsbane with asinite diluted. It was palatable. Nope. It was palatable. And my loved one departed this miserable world on October 25th, 1931. Suffer no more, sweet Elena. I have sent you to the angels with my golden elixir. So this one I can kind of see being true. Like he gave her a ton of different concoctions that he made to try to cure. If he's messed up enough to live with a corpse for seven years and do who knows what with it, then he could obviously have been messed up enough to kill her. So that is the case of Carl Tanzler and the tragic end of Elena Hoyos. It's so sad for her and so fucked up. So fucked up, right? I was pretty sure when I was researching this that you would have already known this one. No, I did not. Okay. And it didn't even sound familiar, so no. Well, there you go. That is that. Okay, then. Well, follow us on all this stuff. (laughs) Serialholicsisters.com. Yeah, you'll find all of our links to everything. Um, I see a lot of people like our um, our Facebook group, but it's not the group. Like it's the business page that's linked to the group because you had to make a business page when it was linked to Instagram. I didn't know that. Yeah, I need to I need to fix it because it just should be the group, but that's okay because we post <laughs> everything on the group, not the other page. I I didn't even realize the other page was a thing. <laughs> yeah it's linked like our group is linked to it you're I mean you're admin of it okay but (laughs) I don't know it's weird it's weird but yeah there's a group there's a group page it's a group it's a group (laughs) (laughs) anyways yeah why are you rocking like that like (laughs) because there's no back support just rocking back and forth (laughs) I have been this whole time I because there's no back support Cause I, you know, had to move over to mom and dad's house to record <laughs> like mid, mid recording. Yeah. <laughs> mid recording Cause children were being too loud. Yeah. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I was like, Sam. No, but it was, it was, it was just super loud. So I was like, okay, I gotta go. Yeah. There was like, there was dog breathing into the speaker. Mm-hmm. There was loud kids. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, girl. Well, let's be awkward. Okay. Okay, Okay, bye. 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 Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serialholic Sisters. 
<laughs> Let's do that again. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways. So some reports said, oh, no, I skipped a thing. And my loved one departed this miserable word. No word. Oh my God. Now say that whole, say that whole sentence yeah. again. <laughs> um, because when you got to Australia, you said Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> you were acting like, really well for that. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's broken. <laughs>